What's poppin'? You're listening to episode 2 of the Stuff Box Podcast with me, your host, Mark, M-A-R-K. On this week's episode, I'm going to be covering an incident which goes by many names, such as the Kelly Incident, the Kelly Hopskinville Encounter, or the Hopskinville Goblins. All I seen was uh, just what they looked like, uh, web feet, web hands, and pointed ears, and uh, big round eyes, and they was about three foot tall. And uh, they had silver uniforms on. First of all, my mother's the uh, first one that seen them. Uh, she uh, was looking through the win- uh, you know, window glass, and one come up at the window. And my mother hollered, so my half-brother, he came in there with a double-barrel shotgun and uh, shot him. But it, it just, just knocked him down. Fell it down. He got up. So, who you just heard talking was Lonnie Langford, which was 12 years old at the time of the event. Um, he was just describing the creatures which attacked his farmhouse with him and the rest of his, uh, his family inside. Um, I used this from this interview I found on YouTube. You look up Kelly Hopskinville interview. This will come up. It was a news spot done by someone, and they interviewed multiple people. So, whenever you hear voices in this episode, it's from there. Um... So before we start, I just want to say thank you for anyone who listened to the last episode. I had a lot of fun making it. It was my first time making anything to do a podcast. Um, I'm trying to improve on some stuff from the last one. I figured out how to reduce some of the static. But the quality overall is probably going to stay the same because I haven't gotten a new mic. I probably won't be getting one for a while. But, you know, deal with it, okay? Uh, you, If you're following my Twitter or you're looking at the SoundCloud, you can see I got a new icon. Uh... It was done by a friend on Amino called Fuzzbutt. She's a great artist. She did it for free, actually, which is fucking amazing because she's a fucking icon. And originally, uh, if you look at it, originally the butcher that was in the corner was going to be Charles Manson, which would have been fucking hilarious, but I thought it might be a bit, uh, might be a bit deta- distasteful, you know? Even though I don't really give a fuck, it, it just might offend some people, so I decided to uh, keep it out. Um, I made a Twitter, and I might create a few other social medias. I don't really know what else I'm going to make. Uh, so stick around till the end if you want to know what they are. I'm going to plug them at the end. So uh, without further ado, I guess we should just get into the topic. Today we're going to be covering a book, a fucking mad story again. Just like the last episode, which was the Albert Osman story. It involves goblins and a cliche Kentucky redneck family with a fuck ton of guns. So let me give you a background on the area and the family first before we actually get into the incident itself. So what happened in a place called between Kelly and Hopskinville, Kentucky... Christian County. Hopskinville is a small town in rural Kentucky. I got this from Wikipedia, by the way, which isn't the most credible source, but you know. Hopskinville is a small town in rural Kentucky, and Kelly is just a smattering of houses a few miles north on the highway. It's hardly changed in the half century that has ensued. This part of Kentucky is green and flat, with a knob, with not a knob or a hill of any kind as far as the eye can see. Plowed fields are separated only by greeny rich oak hollows. So, you know, it's, it's Appalachia. Really, to be honest, if you played Fallout 76, she came, well, you know, you know what's it, you just imagine Fallout 76 and you got it. Um, so, the family that were involved were the Langfords, the Suttons, and the Taylors. Now, it was actually the Langfords who owned the farm, and the Suttons and the Taylors were visiting from a neighboring county or whatever. Um, so, I'm going to give you the names of everyone that was in the, ta- the house at the time. Uh, so there was the widowed family matriarch Lenny Langford she was 50 years old she was a conservative Christian and you know just a really kind of old school kind of woman her children were Lonnie who was 12 years old 
Charlton, which was 10, and Mary, who was 7. Now, Mary actually went on to write a book. I'll tell you about that later. And Lonnie Langford was who you heard talking at the start. Um, she had two sons from her previous marriage, Elmer Lucky Sutton, who was 25, and John Charlie, her J.C. Sutton, who was 21, and their respective wives, Vera, who was 29, and Aline, 27. Aileen's brother, Opie Baker, he was about 30 or 25, and a Pennsylvanian couple named Billy Ray Taylor and June Taylor. The Taylors, along with Lucky and Vera Sutton, had been visiting for a while, being occasional carnival workers. They were carnival folk, you know, they went around doing travelling shows or whatever. Um, so it was, it was essentially two families in the house. Um, now, the whole event itself happened on Sunday, August 21st, 1955. Now, at this time, they didn't have radio. Now, TV did fucking nothing. All they had was themselves to talk to, and all they used to do was sit around, play, do playing cards, tell stories. There's no phones. They just had the air of conversation, you know. They're really old school kind of people. They knew they were able to keep com- up conversation. Uh, Mrs. Glennie Langford, she rented the house, and her three grown sons, their wives, friend Billy Ray Taylor from Pennsylvania, and several children were there for a family supper on that day. Mary Langford, uh, oh, this is what I was saying about the book earlier. Mary Langford, she actually wrote a book a few years later. When she was older about the incident and um, now I didn't actually read it because it was a few more euros than the book I did get on the Kindle store but I'm, I'm sure it's a fucking masterpiece shout out to Mary um, it is worth noting that Glennie Langford she was a conservative Christian as I said before but she also did not allowed, allow any alcohol of any sort in her house at all now Billy Ray Billy Ray Taylor or sorry, Billy, uh, Billy Ray Taylor who's also known as Lucky um he was known for joking and spinning tall tales. He was Kenny folk, so you know, people kind of knew him for that. He was a prankster, kind of joking and spinning tall tales. So, at about 7 o'clock on the evening of the supper, Billy Ray got thirsty. And, you know, since they didn't actually have running water, they just had a well out in the, out in the yard, which they could bring a bucket or a can out to fill up. So he decided to go out in the backyard and get some, get some water. Uh, as he was drawing the water from the well, he looked up to see this a disc shaped he described it as a disc shaped object that came streaking across the sky leaving a trail of multicolored exhaust behind he then said the craft landed behind some trees at one side of the farm and it it is it's debated whether billy ray actually said that the craft landed behind some trees and whether or not it was added to the story later by the media people maybe he just saw a shooting star or something but the end it looked like a, a ufo he ran inside quickly to tell his family but no one actually believed him as you know he was known to be a joker and a spinner of tall tales as i said several times um so a researcher actually wrote a bit about him afterwards she interviewed him and her name was isabel davids and this is she what she wrote he looked at the creatures with extravagant success he was the only member of the group who appeared to arouse immediate doubt in everyone who talked to him even among the family he had a low standing when he first came into the house and reported a spaceship they paid him no attention Later, during the investigations, he basked in the limelight of publicity. He elaborated and embroidered his descriptions of the creatures, though not his description of the spaceship, and eventually produced the most imaginative and least credible of these of the Little Men sketches. Several skeptics who labelled the story a hoax referred to him as the probable originator. His behaviour was in sharp contrast to that of the other witnesses, none of whom aroused such prompt suspicion in the, in the investigators. So overall, Billy Ray is a big joker. He's carny folk, you know. He's always telling wild stories and shit. But there is credibility to his viewing of a spaceship-like object. A few witnesses actually stated afterwards that they saw a light streak across the sky, but said it looked more like a meteor. 
Um, there's a, a statement by a state trooper that was on his way to the farm after everyone was called to the farm because of the incident. And he said that he saw two meteors streaking across the sky and land towards the farm. Um, maybe what Billy Ray saw was was connected to the goblins or the aliens, but uh, which were about to come, or maybe it was just a meteor. Okay. Uh, so also, I'm just about to quote something from a book I have about the incident. It's by George Dudding. It's on the Kindle store. Um, it just basically describes what happened when Billy Ray ran inside the house. I'm just going to do it right now. I'm probably going to do a voice. To be honest, I can't resist. When Billy Ray ran inside, he stated, I just saw a flying saucer land over the other side of the trees. It came right over the sky and landed in that low place over at the other side of the trees. The entire family stopped. Billy Ray, have you gone plumb crazy? Elmer Sutton said. No, I know what I seen and I'm sure it's one of them flying saucers they've been talking about. Let's go out there and go down to the bottom and see what it is, Elmer said. I ain't going out there gallivanting around tonight in county or tomfoolery. Uh, that was pretty shit, but okay. After a heated argument, everyone settled down and they went back to doing what they were doing, you know. Whatever. Whatever you fucking do without internet. And they, you know, they were just convinced that he was a shooting star because he always tells these kind of stories. So after about an hour or two, the family was alerted when there are two dogs outside that are rapidly barking. As if, you know, as if they were very scared. The intensity was so strong that the Elmer and Lucky decided to, to go outside and check it out. Him and Billy Ray stepped out into the yard and as they stepped out, two do- two of their dogs ran by and hid underneath the house whimpering and wouldn't come out. Uh, Billy and Lucky, as they were standing there, they looked up to go over trees where they spotted movement on the tree line and they realised that someone was actually approaching the house. They kept watching and as they got closer they were eventually able to make out this like this weird goblin type creature. They, they panicked and they ran inside to get their guns as always happens in movies when backwards families are like approached by something strange they're going to get their guns uh, Elmer was carrying this 20 gauge shotgun and Billy Ray was carrying a .22 caliber target pistol although most accounts say it was actually a rifle but it was a, it was a little pistol uh, <laughs> it's funny because it's exactly what happens in the movies rednecks families or whatever they run in get their guns and start fucking firing that shit but what they saw approaching the house was a figure. It was about three feet tall with a large head and big sharp pointed ears. The eyes were on the side of its face and they they were a glowed kind of yellowy. It had long thin arms which almost dragged on the ground and long webbed fingers with talons. Their legs were short and they, they stated that it looked as if they were floating. Um, they said that their bodies actually glowed with a bright luminosity as if wearing a reflective suit of like some kind of a metal like a, a tinfoil except it was really smooth. They said the creature approached them with its hands in its ear, air, and guess what the fucking boys did? They started fucking shooting. Even though Mrs. Langford was at the door and she shouted at them to not shoot. Because, you know, it's a little goblin boy coming up with their hands raised. But you can, I mean, could you really blame them for shooting at it? Like, nowadays people are more educated about aliens and stuff. And if they were approached, maybe they wouldn't shoot. But these men fear for their lives. They've never seen anything like this they've simple lives they've got a house full of their families inside to protect and also they're fucking terrified like if i saw a goblin i'd be fucking scared if you saw a goblin coming out of a bush with its talons red wouldn't you not be scared so a few rounds of the pistol was fired and a shotgun was fired at point blank range when the bullets hit the creature there was a sound as if the bullets and the shotgun pellets were hitting a metal bucket like a twang and they seemed to like reflect off the creature uh the alien it actually seemed uh, unaffected by it but when it was hit with the bullets 
it it did a somersault backwards and then rose back to its original position like like a fucking eleven year old who has like two lessons of gymnastics. It then ran back off into the tree line into the bushes by prof- they said it like propelled itself along using its hands and its hips rather than its legs, you know, kinda of like a monkey kind of way, is what I could gather from the description they said. So they stayed outside for another about five minutes making sure there wasn't any more of them coming and you know, then they went in and actually locked the door. And when they were inside <laughs> when they're inside they stockpiled all their guns and ammo they had because you're not a proper American conservative family without a stockpile of fucking guns ready to fight the government or little goblin men from space that were gonna take them. So at this point Mrs. Langford got all the kids tied under the beds and some of the women and um, they took refuge in our parents and house. It doesn't actually state where they hid, but I do know that the kids hid underneath bed. So the remaining occupants gathered, they all gathered in the sitting room and started discussing around the table what had just happened when there was a loud bang at the window and they spotted one of the creatures was looking in- inside. John Sutton, he swung around with his shotgun and blasted it through the screen door. Fucking, it did its little flip backwards and ran back off into the night again. It's it's like a movie scene. You, you can imagine there's like a shot from above the table. They're all gathered around, plonking shotguns and shit down on the table. When there's a bang at the window, one of the creatures snarls at him. The guy swings around with his shotgun, fucking blows his fucking head off, and it fucking like screeches and clambers away. So after that happened, Elmer and Billy Ray went out with their guns and decided to go out to see if the thing on the window was actually still alive. So. Their door has, I can't, I don't know, I couldn't fig- really figure out a way to describe it. The door has like this little wooden overhang over it, like a patio, like an overhang above the door. So, like, a, I think, I think you call it like an awning, almost. So when Elmer stepped, Elmer stepped out into the yard ahead of Billy Ray. And as Billy Ray was walking under the awning, a creature, a creature was actually perched on top of it and reached a clawed hand down and started pulling on his fucking hair and everyone started screaming but Aileen Sutton who was standing in the door grabbed him and pulled him inside and then Elmer aimed above the door he like swung around fucking shot it again and it did its little usual 11 year old at a summer camp somersault and like scurried back into the bushes uh, Billy Ray then ran back outside to help Elmer so like so far they haven't actually attacked them unless you count hair pulling um, attacking but I, I kind of see that as more of a curious kind of a thing um so after that Billy Ray spotted another creature in a maple tree and yelled to Elmer as they they let out like a firing squad worth of bullets into the thing but instead of it like doing its it's just straight up flip off the tree and falling it it did its flip but it did it it did it really slowly like floated down from the tree and did its usual run into the bushes so as you can see they have some kind of a, a floaty kind of an anti-gravity um air about them so far they ch- the boys chase after it um into the bushes um all they could hear now was you know just bullets hitting off this metallic it's suit or it's skin I don't know what you would call it in my opinion it might have been a suit it wasn't it's skin so they also another creature was spotted uh, at the corner of a, of a farmhouse and then another at a, that was sitting on a fence they did their usual routine the boys fired at it it flipped and then it ran away um, both of them stayed outside for another 20 minutes but there was no sign of any more of the creatures they regrouped inside and realized that you know their weapons were ineffective against the creatures all they were doing was trying it against them like fucking robots so some family members inside like understandably they still thought it was a fucking prank pulled by some of the younger members maybe they care any fuck but like you can run if you were in a house some of those people hadn't seen him yet like they were inside the house hidden away they probably didn't see any of the goblins so they were probably thinking it was still a prank and if they had 
maybe they were thinking it was someone in a mask or something. But then after they soon realized that everyone everyone was in the house, unless they had someone else coming along, but everyone that they knew was in the house at the time. Um, everyone hid, went back to their hiding places, and while everyone was inside, they could hear footsteps on the roof, and like scratching on the roof, and on the ground outside, and the windows, everything. Just as if someone was like walking on the roof or outside. Um, I, uh, Billy Ray, he actually spotted one coming towards the door, so he he swung the do- he uh, swung the front door open quickly, but there was still the screen door, and he shot it through the screen door, and it, it did its flip and ran away again. Um, at Mrs. Langford, after the event, she actually described the creatures as like the one that was approaching the door. She she described it as a shiny silver five gallon kerosene tank. Now I don't know what that looks like. I didn't look it up because I wasn't bothered. But she said it looked like a five-gallon kerosene tank supported by two tiny legs. Um, as everyone hid, the creatures made more attempts to approach the house. You know, they walked up towards the windows, looking in, walked up towards the door. But every time the boys held them off with the gunfire, and sorry, I'm the boys, but I'm not going to say Billy Ray and Elmer or whatever. Every time, held them off with gunfire, just like they'd be doing all along. Um, reading this now, and from what the reporter said afterwards, people realized that. Mrs. Langford actually realized this as well during the event was happening. She was saying that all the way along that the creatures weren't actually hostile. Uh, maybe they were just curious, but it's not actually sure what their reasons for coming were and what they're actually capable of doing. In my opinion, if these things were real and they were they were aliens, you know, visiting our planet, then they were probably just curious about the humans, you know, checking out the place or whatever. I mean, I mean, one of them approached with his hands up that's a universal whatever sign for surrender or maybe that's how they fucking attack I don't know but you whatever you think happened whatever you read they come across as not being hostile they were just curious you know they were looking in the windows and stuff they probably could have fired a ray guns or whatever and melted them all um to the family it seemed like it was 10 to 15 aliens which is very stupid but like you know being inside the house looking at the windows and stuff it would seem like there's 15 of them because they were popping up so fast but it was probably really only two that were making multiple appearances, you know, going up to different windows, being on the roof, whatever. It, 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 like, it wasn't as if you look out the window, you see 15 different fucking glowing aliens scurrying around the place. The family soon become scared that the situation might escalate and that the aliens might re- retaliate, you know, pull out their fucking ray guns when they get sick of it or decide to join in the fun with the guns. They, at this point, they'd used up a lot of their anime. Um, ammunition and a lot of damage had been done to the walls you know the windows the screens there's holes in the windows in the walls in the screens everything another part like being blasted with rifle shotgun pistol bullets so at about around 11 p.m about three hours since they first interacted with the creatures they decided to make a run for it elmer and billy had cars parked outside you know as you do like you just have cars parked outside so they gathered up everyone and they made a break to the cars they all clambered in without a hitch and the fucking Lightning McQueen chowed it to a police station, fucking zooming along eight miles south to the police station of Hopskinville. They, the policemen that were in there said that they all rushed in and they began explaining to the to them what had happened, that a UFO had landed near the house earlier and that they'd spent the last three hours, three hours their house was being attacked by these fucking things, not attacked, approached. They spent three hours having a one-sided battle against the creatures. They said they needed help get, um, they said they needed help fighting the creatures as they didn't know how powerful they were or what they were going to do next. The police were 
I understandably, police in a small town, they're going to be shocked at this story. They're going to be like, oh, no, that's unbelievable. That didn't fucking happen. That was the most bizarre shit they've ever heard in their life. However, they did realize that by looking at the faces of these people, they were so shook up and in such a state of hysteria that something must be going down. Like, they don't know what's happening, but they're in such a state of hysteria. Um, I'm actually going to play a clip of uh, Russell Ferguson who um, describing describing how we felt going over to the incident. So when I, when I went out and went on service, uh, I told him that I was blasting off from Hopkinsville and I talked to him on the inner roster. I was taking all of this with about a bucket of salt. Yeah, you just heard Russell Ferguson describe how he was feeling. Um, another reason for them going out to investigate was they were required by law to investigate any reports that involved a gun battle. So Chief of Police, his name was Russell Greenwell of Hopskinville, and Deputy Sheriff Jarvis Batts of uh, Christian County, they took statements from each of the members. And this took about 45 minutes, which I think is very stupid. If there was aliens in the house, I would rush the fuck over there and get statements later. Um, they actually caught, if after that then they called for help before heading back. You know, they took their fucking time. They got police officers, deputies, state policemen, everyone was called in. An officer asked if he should ask the Air Force for air support, but the answer was no, we don't We don't know what we're up against yet, but if we need them, we can call them later, but you might see if Fort Campbell, now Fort Campbell was this um, army base just a few miles away, if they could send anyone um, over that could assist. Also make sure everyone takes an, along an extra gun, rifles, guns, and don't forget any extra ammunition. We don't know how much firepower these things have on their flying machines. <laughs> flying machines. The size of the group that headed to the farm, from what I could gather, from what I counted, there was 17 law enforcement en route to the farm. Also heading to the farm was a reporter named Joe Doris. Um, on the, he would become important later. On the way, one of the state troopers, this is what I was talking about earlier, that one of the state troopers said he actually spotted two meteor-type objects flying over his car. He looked up in the sky and he saw two meteors. Um, he said they made some sort of a sound as they kind of... They arced towards the ground where the farm was and landed near it. Could these have been flying saucers, you know, heading towards the farm to, to pick up the little gob- Danny DeVito fucking goblin friends? Or was it just a shooting stairs? I don't give a fuck, but you know, you never know. It could be a flying saucer. Part 1 of our series on the Kelly Hopskin Will Encounter done and dusted. I'm going to finish this story in part 2 um, very soon. I don't know when I'm going to actually upload it, whenever I'm actually finished, to be honest. And lay down some potential explanations um, for actually what happened. That's for our next episode. Um, the source I used today was a Kindle book named The Kelly Hopskin Will UFO and Alien Shootout by George Dunning. I was using an article from Skeptoid.com by George Dunning and an article from a website called CSI. And so it was a pretty weird story this week it's only part one but i told you the bare bones of it and it's pretty scary there's still more to come there's still more the story to come more the aliens and stuff spoiler but you know it's a pretty wild story like a family of rednecks getting attacked by aliens uh i so let's see what kind of news i have i made a twitter 
it's called the snuff box podcast or snuff underscore box um i also have an email it's um the snuff box podcast at gmail.com if you want to send me an email about the show leave uh whatever you listen to this on if you're on soundcloud but obviously because i've only uploaded soundcloud so far uh follow you know i don't know if you can leave a review i'm not too familiar comment you know like it what follow me whatever fuck i don't care just try and support it um so far we've been doing pretty good i've got a, a good i like well, I go through people to listen to it. Um, I haven't improved much in terms of equipment. I actually did. I up- I upgraded from a water bottle, my microphone resting on a water bottle, to my microphone resting on a candle this week, which is you know a lot of fucking money. Um, you know the I don't know if the quality's up a bit at all. I don't think so. It's just, no, it's the same microphone. I might be able to fix it somewhere if I figure out something new with whatever I'm using to edit this. Um, so I'm gonna give you an. Uh, it's kind of a timetable for what's coming up on the next few episodes. I, I've been thinking recently about starting a new series of episodes called Stories from Randoms on the Internet. Um, it's basically where I I interview a number of people about paranormal experiences they have. You know, they tell me stories, ask some questions about it. Um, you know, they could only be on for like two minutes or whatever. They tell their story and then they get off and another person comes on. Kind of like a collab of all these different people. Um, I've put a good few posts out in some social media so far, and I've actually got a lot of responses. Um, I've got a lot of stories from people, a good few people looking to get interviewed, and I realized how much bullshit stories are out there. Like, it's, it's just some of the stories you get are so fucking funny. It's but like I was in a call with a few of these people, and you could tell that they were making up these stories on a spot. One guy was like, Oh, I was out in the forest at night time near a castle, and I went fishing, and then the fucking rake came out, and I found a hiker that was dead, and he was just making it up on the spot and another girl then was dude she was at her house camping and a killer came along and she had to go hide in her pool with her dog and the dog chased the man away and i was like why didn't you not call the police afterwards he was like she was like oh i don't have a phone i was like what kind of person will have a fucking phone these days i want to stop ranting now so if you actually have any stories or experiences you've had in your life uh email me at just on foxpodcast at gmail.com hit me up on twitter box underscore snuff uh, I don't care what it is about, eat me up, we can interview, I can interview in podcast, but if you'd rather not be recorded, a few people have just sent me the stories themselves written out in like a text message or whatever, and I can just read it on here, I get someone else to read it in a dramatic kind of a way, and during this whole es- escapade trying to get people, I managed to run into someone called Malesh, uh, they are, apparently they practice a lot of witchcraft, um, I've already done a small interview with them, but the the audio was so bad I had to scrap it. There's some really good stuff in there. They were talking about, you know, crystals, gods, spirits, the spirits world, all kinds of all that kind of stuff. It's it's really cool stuff. So you're gonna see that in the next next few day, next few week week or two. I'm I'm gonna record it on Friday. Something you don't need to know about that. But it will it will come out when when it comes out. You know, follow me, email me, whatever you review. Um, um, after that, I'm also going to have a friend on to do an episode where we, about psychics, you know, all about tarot card reading, palm reading, uh, future, talking to spirits, whatever, you know, psychics that have monetary gain, that are obviously fake, you know, TV psychics, when I have a friend on, first time I'm actually going to do something like that, we know we're going to pick it apart, he's, he fucking hates psychics, uh, shout out to Charles, um, and that's it for, the, for this episode, and part two is going to come very soon. I'm not sure how I'm actually supposed to end this, so I'm just going to say later skaters.